Flyers Fix. Flyers Fix. With Jason Mertidis and Brian Smith. And welcome to Flyers Fix Episode 3. Brian Smith and Jason Mertidis. Brian, I don't know if we call this an emergency episode because we knew the deadline was coming, but it's kind of an emergency episode. It's an extra, right? Oh, okay. Special. Extra, extra. Something like they used to yell that when you sold newspapers or something like that. Extra, right? real. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I like you just what have you're to doing. listen. I knew you were an old school Instead guy. Of, I used to deliver newspapers. I did as well. Like yeah, being cold ago. Yeah. Wednesday sucked because of all the circulars. In Delaware, it was Thursday. Oh, of course. Thursday and date. Sunday, of course, but Thursday was, was the worst, yeah. Well, NHL trade deadline day has uh, come and gone, um, but there was a lot of activity around the league, including two moves by the Philadelphia Flyers. They acquired Nate Thompson from the Montreal Canadiens, and they acquired Derek Grant from uh, the um, Anaheim Ducks. Two moves for Chuck Fletcher, two depths moves, and two roster moves to follow, which were Connor Bunneman and Joel Farabee sent back to the AHL with the Phantoms. So uh, what did you think of the moves and uh, the compensation given up for both? I think it's good. You know, Obviously, the Flyers were not in a position where they had the cap room to add a huge piece, nor that I think they necessarily wish they had the cap room to add a huge piece um you know given the situation they're in where uh nolan patrick is still an uncertainty um you know chuck fletcher did say today he, he thinks he's going to play at some point but they don't know when um to to go out and you, know, you were hoping you'd go out and add one guy um they've been able to go out and add two and i think that's really uh, a pretty good day uh, given the fact that um they, they were not forced to give up anybody off the nhl roster and they uh, you know got two guys that are relatively low impact i i, I actually think Derek grant might be even uh, might be the better of the two bargains because he's only in at seven hundred thousand, and he's got 14 goals this year this guy has got a shooting percentage of above 18 percent um so whatever role he was playing in anaheim and i'm certainly no expert on anaheim but uh what i'm seeing in the numbers looks like it'll be a nice thing to add uh, to the flyers offense and then nate thompson comes in with um just a ton of experience um he's been uh, uh been through a lot in his career been through a lot in life um but he's uh you know he's seen it all and he can certainly help the uh, younger half of this group al- along and join in with the veterans uh plus he's got uh 62 games of playoff experience he's been to the conference finals twice so he knows what it takes to get things done at this time of year so i think they both bring uh, a, a good bit to this group and uh, kind of excited to see how they how they uh, work in with them yeah how they assimilate it's the big thing a lot of times when you bring in a big piece a top six forward or a top defender that takes a little time because you're, it, uh, good teams are generally set in those areas, and certainly the Flyers are, and uh, this is good depth pieces for the playoffs, as you mentioned. Uh, for a guy like Nate Thompson, he's been moved now three Februaries in a row, and that's for a reason. Playoff teams want guys like mm-hmm. Nate Thompson on their team to help them in a lot of different categories. And one thing that uh, Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher mentioned, and we'll talk to Chuck Fletcher in a couple moments, is that he's a guy that can help spell Giroux on the penalty kill. Yeah, yeah. Freeing him up to be more offensive in yep. games. And, and that's the plan, A, to move him to the wing, and then B, now to maybe free him up in some of those situations. And that's what they wanted to do, I think, uh, also when they added Kevin Hayes. And that's been a huge thing uh, with the way he's been able to kill penalties this year. This just adds another piece to that. Uh, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of years when Giroux was playing in all situations, uh, and the Flyers last year took a lot more penalties than they did uh, this year, but that's been trending down for a few years, the number of penalties they've taken. But uh, even still, um, 
you know penalty killing is a grind it is tough to do it is is difficult on your overall energy and uh, you know you can go out there and do it uh, all you want and be happy about doing it but you know and you almost don't even notice it i don't think when you're doing it you, you can get less effective as the season goes on as your your energy just uh, becomes more and more difficult to recharge after every game so going into the end of the year and then also into the playoffs obviously the playoff grind is is uh, you know uh, a level above the regular season having that option there uh, is going to be a big help yeah it's all penalty killing is all about will Will you do it? Will you exert the will? Uh, Real quick, before we get to Chuck Fletcher, a couple of moves that happened inside the Flyers division. We know that uh, yesterday Ilya Kovalchuk went to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a third-round draft pick. A couple of other deals. J.G. Pajot ends up on the island and signs an extension there with the New York Islanders. Also, uh, a couple of other moves in the division. Carolina picks up Vincent Trocek in exchange for Eric Halla and Lucas Walmark and other players. Carolina was a team looking for defense. They end up getting a center. And Vincent Trocek, there was some thought that maybe he would get flipped. They don't grab a goalie, which I'm a little shocked yeah. to see. Robin Leonard ends up going from Chicago uh, to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for Malcolm Subban and another player. So a little strange there. But uh, some interesting moves around uh, around the division and around the conference. Um, Patrick Marlowe goes from San Jose all what, 2,000 games, basically, that he's played uh, for a third-round pick. Conditional, it could be a two if they were to win the Cup. Uh, they also get Connor Sherry back. And one of the odder moves today, and I, I don't even know why I'm mentioning other than he played here, is that Wayne Simmons was moved from New Jersey to Buffalo on an expiring contract. Yeah. Can, can you figure that one No, out? no, absolutely <laughs> not. And, uh, you know, all the, we wish all the best to Wayne. I want nothing but the best for that guy. Um, he, he's going to be closer to home from what we understand. He's from suburban Toronto. Um, so that gets him closer to home. He, you know, he's got a, a, a young child now. Um, so I'm sure personally uh, it's a good fit for him. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the – um, with Buffalo being out of the playoff race to where they are right now, I'm a little surprised Buffalo flipped a pick for them. But, you know, again, uh, you know, maybe they've got other things in mind. Maybe there's an extension there. Maybe there's something down the road. Who knows what? But I think it's yeah. – uh, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him being closer to home and just obviously hope he, he likes the situation. Um, I, I have zero issue with the, with the Kovalchuk deal. I think that addition – to Washington will be like adding an anchor to a boat. Yep. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but last, play five on five. last I checked, there's only one puck on the ice. Yeah, um, and so, if you're adding him yeah. for power play help, <laughs> your trigger man on your power play doesn't come off the ice for yeah. the two minutes anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't get unless he just yeah. wanted to be there to celebrate Ovi's 700th yeah. goal when they get back home. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But like I said, I could be wrong, but I, I don't see that as uh, something the Flyers need to worry about from, from their perspective. Uh, I'm not scared of Peugeot. Um, you know, I think as usual, a steep price for Paco yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, what they now have tied up yeah. to sign him for—I don't know how long the contract six was, years, six years. Yeah. So, with you know, Barzell coming up, yeah, as well. exactly. So the. The, you know, the team I think that you're, you're most worried about if you're a Flyers fan, I think it's like this every year, is, is the Pittsburgh Penguins. It seems like every year Jim Rutherford just goes out and completely stocks the cupboards at deadline day and does a great job at it, so kudos to him. He always um, gets a jump start, too. Yeah. He got Zucker a couple yep. weeks ago. So, you know, <laughs> Zucker, Marlowe, Cry, I mean, it almost looks like a team you'd put together playing, playing uh, PlayStation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, 
obviously he is uh, trying to do everything he can to win cups now uh, while uh, Malkin and Crosby are still the threats that they are. Um, so well, He must have a lot of P.O. boxes to be dodging the credit card bill. Because <laughs> eventually that bill comes in and you pay a hefty, yeah. you get a lot of interest on that. Yeah, but he's yeah. managed to dodge it so far. Uh-huh. Um, so coming up in this episode of Flyers Fix, we're gonna, I'm going to have a conversation with both of the new Flyers acquisitions, Derek Grant and with Nate Thompson. But first, let's get to our conversation right now with Flyers General Manager Chuck Fletcher. He joins us on Flyers Fix. Chuck, how are you doing today? Doing well. Was it uh, dizzying, uh, another deadline for you? You had a lot of uh, different balls in the air, and you end up with two players. Yeah, you know, really the last few days were much busier. Today, you know, both trades we made uh, were done, I believe, by 10.30 in the morning and really only started talking seriously at 9. We'd had conversations before, but they came together pretty quickly, and um, we had done a lot of homework before. But from from that point on, uh, I didn't receive any calls after 10:30. I made a few more, but um, you know, so it, it quieted down quickly. Some years it goes right to three o'clock. This is the, I think, the earliest we were ever kind of done, uh, informally done. Uh, but uh, we were happy. All in all, um, added a couple quality people and players that uh, hopefully will provide good depth for us and help our club down the stretch here. It, it seemed like across the league there there might have been uh, more movement this year than in past couple of years. I don't have any numbers for that, but did you get that sense that the things were moving along a little bit uh, easier this year than in some past years? You know, it, you know, Brian, that's interesting. Like I think this this year, it seems like every year there's more and more deals getting done the week prior to the trade deadline, or even two weeks prior. It seemed like maybe five, six years ago, the bulk of the deals were the, the last two days. Now, some teams are getting deals done earlier. I haven't seen all the trades yet because I, I was on the phone for a bit, but it seems like they were pretty steady throughout the day and a lot of teams trying to fill holes. Some teams that had some tough injuries over the last few days that were maybe changing direction and, and that's what you, you you don't know. You have a plan a week or two before and then something can happen either positively or negatively to, to impact that plan. And, and as I think I saw a few teams reacting to some situations they had to react to today. When you look at the standings, um, parity has been achieved. If you look at the top, the top teams and divisions are not hugely separated from number two or three in their division, and that's across all four divisions. Does that create a little bit different feel to this deadline for you with so many teams in very tight races, yourself included? Yeah, no, no question. I think we saw some teams both buying and selling, maybe uh, creating some salary cap space by moving from an area depth and then uh, trading back for an area need and moving dollars differently. Um, so many teams are still involved. We're, there's still teams that were that are eight, nine points out right now that we're, we're adding players today. So, uh, you know, it, it there really are very few teams that are either locked into a playoff spot. Well, no one's technically locked in, but there's a few of them that can probably print their playoff tickets now if they like, and, and there's a few that clearly are out. But most of us are either a little bit above or a little bit below that line. And, and um, so I, I think that leads to it. And, and uh, But again, I, I think the, the new interesting thing has been teams both buying and selling. So you can't always assume that a team is just going to be buying and, and you still need to make your calls to those teams and, and uh, make sure you're doing your homework because sometimes they may, they may be looking to, to sell a particular piece. So you alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago with the larger media group, but you were talking about your philosophy going in that this group had uh, had earned the right to, to take a shot here at the the rest of the way here and, and to be that group mostly that did it, but you're able to supplement it a little bit. Yeah, I, I 
the trade deadline, it's a, it's a great day. It's a great media spectacle. Again, when you look back over the years, a lot of the moves don't move the, the needle all that much. It's a tough day to reinvent your team. And, and I think we, we like our team. We like the progress our team has shown, the progression from the beginning of the year to now. Uh, we're obviously above the playoff line right now, which is great. We've got 20 games to go. And, and so I think we, we certainly weren't looking to subtract. We weren't looking to dramatically change um, the personnel and, and move guys all over the place and shift their lines and bump them from certain roles. But we felt if we could add some depth and uh, maybe in the, you know a bottom six, PK, character guys, uh, a little bit of grit, size, face-offs, just some of those different uh, smaller elements that sometimes can make a big difference uh, down the stretch. So the two players we're bringing in, Derek Grant and, and Nate Thompson, are quality people. Uh, very excited for the opportunity to come to Philadelphia. Uh, character players, we've done our homework on them, and uh, we know they're going to add to that group and not take away. And to, to look at it, you didn't subtract an NHL rostered player, yet you get two guys. Nate Thompson's a guy who's been traded in the month of February the last three years in a row. What are those two guys going to bring to your team? That Nate's been on some teams that have gone on some pretty good runs, and both of these players have been around the league for a while and have had some playoff success as well. Yeah, very uh, team-oriented guys, willing to, to do anything for the team, play anywhere. Grant brings maybe a little more positional versatility. He can play left wing, right wing, center. He can play some power play. He can kill penalties. He can win faceoffs. Uh, he's a guy that can move around your lineup. Uh, Nate Thompson is is a top uh, uh, faceoff guy, uh, even on the penalty kill. Uh, strong penalty killer, grit, uh, experience. So, uh, again, guys that can come in and play different roles and and. Uh, and, and you know hopefully step in and, and make an impact quickly in terms of, of playing their roles well and, and you didn't have a ton of cap space obviously to work with I'm assuming these guys were a couple of guys you ID'd as uh, you know being able to make these contributions but also being able to, to fit in without uh, really upsetting the cart in that terminology yeah you know the cap fortunately really didn't come much uh, into play for us we again we were looking more just to, to, to add some depth and, and maybe uh, uh, you know, provide a few more options in the bottom six for AV. And, uh, you know, we weren't looking uh, at the real high-end first-line players with, with big salaries. We're happy with our group there. And and, and I like that we, we didn't subtract any of our top prospects. We didn't subtract uh, a first or second or even a third-round pick, uh, you know, from – uh, from our, our repertoire of picks. So, you know, we're, we, we're trying to do what we can to help this team this year, yet knowing that uh, we'd still like to add some pieces going forward. Well, you add Nate Thompson and you add Derek Grant, but you have to make some roster moves. And Connor Bonnerman and Joel Farabee get sent to the Phantoms. What was your message to those two players uh, when you let them know that they were going back down? You know, it's difficult because they've been big contributors. You know, I, I, uh, you know I, I strongly believe Joel will be back here at some point. He's been with our team most of the year. You know, and my way of thinking, this is an opportunity for Joel to, to go down. Um, play a bigger role, uh, play bigger minutes, get some more offensive opportunities and and continue to grow his game, grow his confidence offensively and, and uh, you know, stay ready for us because I firmly believe we're going to need him at some point. But Connor, uh, Connor stepped in. He's done a great job in that fourth-line center role. Ultimately, he's a 21-year-old player. I think there's more upside than just a fourth-line role for him down the road. And you just want to make sure that you're – 
not stagnating his development by keeping him in an eight to 10 minute role for a long period of time. And uh, clearly he, he did a fine job in that role, but uh, we brought some veteran guys in that hopefully can bring some different elements down the stretch and Connor can cont uh, continue to grow his game. Uh, you know, both guys I think are obviously a little bit disappointed uh, but they um, they understand, and I made sure to, that they knew that it wasn't anything they did wrong. It wasn't like they had a bad game and they're getting punished. And this is more about development and opportunity to, to play a bigger role in Lehigh Valley over the short term, and we'll see how things play out. So moving on from this particular landmark in any given NHL season, what are you seeing from this team right now that uh, you're most pleased with just in terms of its overall play and maybe some of the keys to the success that it's had over the last three, four weeks? Well, it's um, it seems like players are buying into their roles. Um, we're getting pretty consistent performances for most guys. Uh, when we do start slow, we, we always seem to have a push. We don't always get back uh, all the way, but uh, we never quit. Uh, there's tremendous uh, care in the room and, and, and compete and commitment. And uh, those are the type of teams that usually find a way to, to, to get to where you want to get to. So uh, I, I just really like the makeup uh, of our group, our character. And, and uh, again, uh, the coaches seem to have a pretty good grasp now on what the players can do. And the players have a pretty good grasp on what the coaches uh, want out of them. And, you know, I think we've come a long way since training camp. You, you have a team that you're getting tremendous depth scoring. When you go into the deadline, Everybody wants to get depth scoring, right? That's the that's the key to success in the playoffs. Good goaltending, playing your best hockey, and depth scoring. Your game the other day against Winnipeg, you get three goals from your third line, two from Scott Lawton. You end up getting another one from Tyler Pitlick. That makes the shopping list like shrink a lot, doesn't it? It does, and that's you know again we we weren't looking to displace many of our players. We we really like the job they've done, and our depth scoring has been much better uh, the last couple months. I believe we lead, lead the league in goals by defensemen. Um, so we're really, I, I think we have a strong top six, but what I, what I like about this group, and I think why we're having success right now is just to what you alluded to, where on any given night, if if uh, you know Giroux, Katuri, and Voracek don't score, we still have a chance to win, whether it's our second line, third line, fourth line, or defense, or power play, even our penalty kill, they're, they're contributing. So, um, you know, it, it's part of the reason we weren't, uh, uh, you know, didn't feel any pressure to go out there and find uh, specific players to come in and just to score goals or just to help the power play. Like I, I, I really like our offensive depth, and, and right now I think we have a little bit better depth and, and for other roles, whether it's face-offs, penalty killing, a little more size and grid experience. So we've upgraded in some areas that I think will help us down the stretch. Uh, last question for you, and we're talking with Chuck Fletcher. Um, your team, you mentioned the word, they don't quit. That, you know, they, whether you're down in a game, they battle back. Um, a team without an identity is a team that's not going to go very far. What's the identity of your team? Is it that, that they don't quit? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I'd like to think from the technical standpoint, uh, we have a strong defensive uh, foundation. Um, uh, vastly improved from last year, and that's what we've tried to instill in the players, that commitment to keeping the puck out of our net with blocking shots, shift length, puck management, in, in addition to technical play and positional play. Um, and I think they've really embraced that. Again, not always perfectly, like no, no team's perfect, but uh, we've dramatically de uh, decreased our goals against. But there is a lot of character in that room, and I, I will say we are a relentless group. And uh, when we're playing the way AV wants them to play, we're 
we're fast, we're on pucks, we're taking time and space away, we're we're turning, we're forcing turnovers, uh, and uh, we're 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 a difficult team to play against. And you've given up a, a half a goal less per game this year than you did last year. You know, seven going eight goalies deep. That helps. <laughs> Chuck, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you, guys. And there is uh, Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher joining us on Flyers Fix. And, you know, something that interesting that came up, Brian, a couple times. One was uh, with Elaine Vigneault earlier today after practice in the locker room, and Chuck Fletcher spoke to it, too, about his veteran players kind of uh, maybe, in essence, vocalizing or verbalizing and pushing for some veteran help. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think these guys uh, – probably have a better pulse on a feel of the pulse on this team than anybody and uh you know i i'm not i, I don't think it to i don't think it to be a shot at anybody that's young i don't think it to be um you know any anything like they're saying oh we need help with this help with that i think they're more looking to just add a couple of voices to the group that have been down the road before and you know the the one thing that i keep hearing is that this is uh, a, a pretty tight group in the flyers locker room right now you hear a lot of veterans saying that it's one of the tightest groups they've ever played with uh, you know we we heard it from Claude Giroux himself when he talked with us a couple of weeks ago um, that uh, you know th- this group really likes each other so I think it's uh, I, I think it's uh, kind of just hey let's get some some guys in here that uh, you know they may not necessarily be putting up a ton of points they may not be uh, you know going out there and doing anything flashy but they are going to support the effort overall in any way that needs to happen and one of the things chuck mentioned today was that uh, you know the flyers have been carrying 12 forwards um, they've been doing so because they like their group uh, but uh, knocking on some wood here they have been healthy um, you know they've been uh, fortunate in, in that regard as of late and uh, you know you don't want to get into a situation like the flyers were let's say back in uh, in, in 2004 when uh, they had what uh, so many people involved with that team have called the best team that this organization has ever had, but just c- couldn't keep up with the injuries. They yeah. had just one, two, too many injuries so to, to finish it defense? off. Uh, yep, that Sammy was because uh, Eric Desjardins yeah. broke his arm playing catch with his son. Just a freak thing. Oh my uh, you know, so so add if you have the opportunity to add guys like the Flyers have added, I think you you, you take it up. You know, t- you take it and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, run with that and, you know, hopefully the, the health stays there. But, um, you know, those guys are going to be, uh, I think, valuable to this team no matter what their on-ice role ends up being. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, that, you know, players may be verbalizing, hey, we'd like to get Giroux off the PK because we want to have him be more offensive mm-hmm. for us come playoff time. And certainly he's been playing great of late. He, his point streak, seven-game point streak was broken the other day, but it was in a win. So you get depth scoring like they got the other day against Winnipeg with getting two goals from Scott Lawton and another goal in that game uh, from that line and Tyler Pitlick. And when you're getting that kind of depth scoring, that can make you dangerous in the playoffs. Let's get to one of the new acquisitions right now, the guy who's uh, been on the move for the last three Februaries. Don't get comfortable, Nate. He joins us right now on Flyers Nate, how you doing today? I'm excited. Uh, it feels good. I, I didn't have any idea where I was headed, but uh, I'm extremely happy to be a part of the Flyers organization, uh, where this team's headed, with, you know, how, how well they're playing right now and uh, having a chance to uh, play the playoffs. I'm extremely excited. Was, was Montreal pretty transparent with you and, you know, letting you know that you're, you, know, you, were, you, know, you were a guy that they were considering moving? Yeah, Mark Bridgman was, uh, he was all class with 
with me. He was uh, very upfront and honest with me with, with, with what was going on. He kind of kept me in the loop uh, with the situation. And um, yeah, he, uh, he just was, like I said, he was completely honest with me from the start. And uh, it was definitely a very nice of him to do that. Um, you're going to be joining a team that is looking like it potentially could be bound for the playoffs. You, you know the standings in the Eastern Conference playing in Montreal. You know how yep. tight it is. Um, but this is a team and, and that's trying to punch a ticket to the postseason and adding some pieces like yourself to make a run. You've been on a few teams that went on some pretty good runs. What does it take for a team to, to, to really kind of get hot and make some noise in the playoffs in your, in your estimation? Well, I think you have to be playing um... – you know, your best hockey of the season at the right time. And I think they're doing that right now. I think if you can sustain that, especially uh, going into the playoffs, I know I've been, I've been on teams where we haven't been playing our best hockey and it's hard to kind of just turn it on when once the playoffs start. And um, I, I think if you, if you can do that uh, and obviously, you know, get some good goaltending and, um, you know, you get depth scoring and obviously your, your top guys are doing well. Um, you know, anything can happen. And I think uh, you look at the playoffs now and um, I think if you just make the playoffs, you have a chance. So um, I really like this team I'm a part of now and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, you've been in the league. You were in a 2003 draft pick. You've been around for a while, played over 750 games in the NHL. You've gone to some different cities. But what's that? Uh, does that get easier when you go to a new room and try and, you know, get with the guys? Do you know anybody in this locker room? I know a couple of guys. I know uh, James Van Riemsdyk a little bit. I know Kevin Hayes a little bit, uh, cross pass a little bit. Um, uh, Chris Stewart, um, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think it does maybe get is easier because I kind of know what to expect being traded before, um, you know, but at the same time, just going to go in, be myself, um, you know, just be a good pro, be a good teammate and, uh you know, just do my thing. I mean, from what I've heard, it's a great group of guys in that room right now. they got a real tight-knit group, so I'm just going to go in and just try and compliment that. Uh, last question for Nate Thompson joining us here on Flyers Fix. Nate, did, uh, did you get the chance to have a conversation with Chuck Fletcher and or Elaine Vigneault, and how did that go? I did. I haven't talked to uh, Elaine Vigneault yet, but I had a conversation with Chuck Fletcher, and it went well. You know, he just said that he was excited for me to be a part of the group and, uh, you know, just told me to uh, be myself you know, play my game, um, you know, do the things that I've been doing that uh, my whole career that's, you know, made me successful. I don't need to, I don't need to change anything. And uh, just you think someone to help the team. And uh, it was really nice to hear that. So I'm just going to go in, like you said, and just, uh, like you said, just be myself, play my game and uh, have fun. And hopefully we can make the playoffs and uh, maybe go for a deep run. You never know. I lied. That wasn't my last question. You came into Philadelphia as an opposition on many occasions. Nobody likes to come into Philadelphia to play. Now you get to, to run out of the tunnel with, with an orange and black jersey on. A little bit different, right? Uh, yeah, a lot different. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, been on some, I've been on previous teams, you know, the Islanders and Tampa, where we've had some, uh, you know, and even all the teams I've been on, had some pretty good battles with the Flyers, you know, even – more so uh, when they had a lot more toughness, I guess you could say. And uh, they've always been a tough team to play against. But, uh, you know, there were some, some nights when, uh, uh, you know, I felt like I wanted to call it in and say I had the uh, Flyers flu, but uh, I had to buck up and go out there and play them. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to be a part of this, uh, this organization now. You know, I had one of my best buddies from home, uh, Matty Carl, who, as you know, played for the Last Flyers boy, for a little yeah. while. And, yeah, Alaska guy, and uh, he loved it. So I'm excited to be a part of it now.
Yeah, Matt was a part of that 2010 Cup run, certainly. And you Alaska guys yep. definitely stick together. You're being born in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, Nate, we appreciate it. I know you got a lot to get to, uh, get done before you get here, a lot of packing up, grabbing your gear and all that. We appreciate you taking the time, and we'll talk to you here when you get in Philadelphia. All right, sounds good. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And special thanks to Nate. Uh, I'm sure a very busy day when you get traded in the NHL. It's like, okay, you get a phone call. Uh, you're living in Canada in a French-speaking country. Pack your bags. You're going to Philadelphia. At least he's got warm clothes already out. And yeah, out yeah. At least he's at that. He's, he's, in, he's in the right time zone. Um, <laughs> the more time we spent uh, talking to Derek Grant today, the more time I spent wondering when he's going to to, to get here. Yeah, <laughs> it's like shouldn't it's two thirty, buddy. You should be on a plane. But <laughs> yeah, um, well, so two thirty for him. He's going. Wait right. a minute. It's only ten thirty. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So you know, it's um, it's it'll be an easier transition. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to play in Montreal. Um, I know it's different than playing in Toronto, but I know that at the same time, um, maybe you're uh, you're, you're going to be getting a little bit of um, I don't know weight off your shoulders coming out of that market. Um, and I know that he was centering a couple of former Flyers a lot this season. He was playing between Nick Cousins and Jordan Wheel. So, um, you know, I'm sure he'll come here knowing a few things about the organization and, uh, you know, hopefully fitting right in. Yep, and there's a couple of guys here already and uh, heard from Matt Carl, who is a, a, fem- uh, a fellow Alaskan. Yeah. Of, uh, and, of course, Matt Carl was here in the 2010 Cup run. But let's get to the other acquisition right now, Derek Grant. Uh, he's coming from sunny California with uh, beautiful weather to February in Philadelphia, but he's got a chance to, to go into the Stanley Cup playoffs, and he joins us now on Flyers Fix. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. I'm sure it's a, it's a really hectic day for you because it's not like you, you know, you're up the turnpike or down 95. You're uh, 3,000 miles away playing for the Anaheim Ducks. What was that moment like when you found out that you were moved uh, to Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a crazy day, that's for sure. Um, I saw it on Twitter, uh, I think, first, and then shortly got a call um from uh the gm in anaheim saying uh, that he moved me to philly and um then it was just a quick process of trying to get organized and, and packed and answer phone calls and figure out when i'm going and um when they play and and uh so i'm getting on the plane later later today and, and uh, hopefully can get in the action tomorrow night is that is that a little bit of a bummer when you you find out from social media instead of hearing it from your gm first it's just the world we live in now, but I mean, is, is it kind of like, oh man? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely weird um, when you do see it because it it just doesn't seem um, like a like a real thing at the time, and then when you get that call a minute later, it's it's uh, you know it's activated and and um, your world kind of gets turned upside down in a hurry, and um, so it's it's obviously going to be a pretty crazy 24 hours for me, but. Um, you know, I've, I've been through it before and I know once, once you get there and get settled and, um, it's always nice to get into a game, uh, right away and, and that helps settle you in right away. Talk about what it's like, you know, you're playing for Anaheim, obviously they're, they're about to go through a rebuild. They're trying to get some assets to rebuild everything. And you're going from an Anaheim team, first of all, all all the way across the country, but you're going into a pressure cooker here. You know what the standings look like in the Eastern conference, how tight it is. And the Flyers are in that mix right now, adding you and, and, trying to make a run what's that feel like for you to to go from one team who was kind of playing out the string to trying to try to make a run at lord stanley's chalice no i mean it's it's exciting i think um if you ask any player in the league and you get a chance to to compete uh down the down the stretch for a playoff spot and then to uh 
you know, compete for the Stanley Cup. It's uh, it's uh, why you play the game, really. And so, um, you know, we had a we had a tough year here so far in Anaheim, and um, so it's uh, you know, on that on that uh, note, it's it's exciting for me to come to a, to a team that's um, you know right there and um, looking looking to make a good push. One of the things that Chuck Fletcher, Flyers GM, noted when uh, when acquiring you to the media was that you're a guy that can play all three positions. You're good on D-zone draws and a good face-off guy. Uh, talk about the versatility that you bring this team and what you're going to bring to the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Um, you know, I obviously grew up uh, an offensive guy, um, probably right through college. And, and once I turned pro, I had to learn how to play, um, you know, the more defensive style and, and shutdown style game. And um, it's something that I've, I've learned to take a lot of pride in and, um, you know, pride myself on, on the defensive side of the game and, and the penalty kill and face-offs and all that. And, um, you know, obviously any anytime you get a chance to, to uh, chip in on the offense as well. And, um, you know, it's something that I've, I've tried not to lose over the years. Well, you've potted 14 goals this year. Um, and, you know, the Flyers, you know, depth scoring is one of those things that can really help a team in the playoffs. So you'll be a, a good help in that way as well. Um, talk about your impressions of Philadelphia. You did spend some time in Pittsburgh. We erased that from our memories here in Philly to welcome you now as a Flyer. <laughs> but your impressions from the Flyers from the outside and what it's going to be like to join them as a group. Well, I mean, it's always been a, a tough team to play against, um, you know, as long as I've been in the league, and I know it's it's been a lot longer than that. So, um, you know, I'm excited to jump in with, with a group like that that, uh, you know, competes hard every night. And, um, you know, I've, I haven't spent a ton of time in the city, but, um, you know, I've been there. It's been great, and, and uh, I've had some friends that have lived there or are from there. And um, so that's it's nice to, uh, you know, get an inside scoop that way and, um, you know, I'm just excited to, to get in there and, and learning the city and, and seeing more of it. What did you, uh, you know, a couple of buddies, I'm sure that you played with around the league growing up or whatever, um, texted you and what they tell you about Philadelphia? Dress warm? Yeah, actually, I was talking to, I was actually talking to Michael Delzato, who um, obviously spent some time there. And, and you know, he just told me it's, it's such a great organization. And um, he said, the guys are, the guys are awesome and, and it's a great city. And, um, he said, you'll just, you'll enjoy it. And, um, obviously it's, uh, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's going to be a big switch from, uh, California, that's for sure. But, uh, no, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And, um, like you said, I, I spent time in, in Pennsylvania uh, a couple of years ago and, um, not too far up the road in Binghamton where I started my, my pro career is, is not too far from there. So I'm familiar with, um, you know, the East and, uh, and the schedule of the East Springs and um, how tight that race is. So um, just looking forward to getting out there and getting started. So you play your first pro games in Broom Arena. Is that would that be correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. In, in Binghamton, New York. Yeah, I've been there. Actually, played on that ice myself. Wow. Well, hey, Matt. I know you got a lot going on. You got to pack up for the East Coast and and come out. You got a plane to catch up. We're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night in Orange and Black. And thanks for doing this. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there you go. Derek Grant, Nate Thompson, the newest additions to the Philadelphia Flyers. Trade deadline 2020 is in the books. Flyers have a couple of new players. And, Schmidty, we'll see how it all breaks down in the final couple weeks of this regular season. Here here we go. And uh, with all the action around the Metro today, it is going to be extremely interesting to see how this division proceeds from here. Um, You know, every team that's in the race right now did something. And, you know, we were looking at it the other day thinking – my goodness, there could be a 100-point team miss the playoffs this year. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens in, in the grand scheme of things. But it, 
it, it certainly will uh, contribute to a very interesting final six weeks. What I will tell you is it's gonna. it already is exciting, yeah. and it's going to get even more exciting as each one of these 20 games, the final 20, tick off the NHL schedule. That's another episode, episode three of Flyers Fix for Brian Smith. I'm Jason Martinez. Everybody, enjoy your hockey. Come on.